Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com, IWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Super big thanks goes out to Ace Andrews pulling double time today. As I ask you every day, have you taken the time to join the I Work For Him Nation? Have you decided that you've heard enough on this show and you're ready to make that commitment to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day? I encourage you to go out to iWorkForHim.com, click on the iWorkForHim Nation flag, and join today. Make that commitment to start praying for those people, and what you'll see is a transformation in your own heart as you start to see people the way our Heavenly Father sees them. And in an incredible way, you'll start to see opportunities to befriend people in your workplace, look for ways to serve people in your workplace. You'll actually get opportunities to pray with people in your workplace when you notice that they're down and you say, hey... You look a little down today. What's going on? And they tell you. And you say, well, can I pray for you? And they'll say, yes. They say, well, well, could I just pray with you right now? And I've never, never, ever had anybody say no. They Everybody appreciates prayer, especially when they're down. But all along, members of the I Work For Him Nation are the best, the brightest, people working in excellence, being a demonstration of the work that their Heavenly Father has done in their lives so that people all around them go, hey, you're different. What's going on in your life? Join the I Work For Him Nation tonight. Go to iWorkForHim.com, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. Start changing your workplace tomorrow. Romans 12, 2 reminds us of the paradigm shift that needs to happen in our minds as we look at our workplace like our mission field. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Every day on I Work For Him, I bring on a new guest, a new topic, a new way to look at your workplace like your mission field. Today, no different than any other. Through my connections, which I've got connections that I don't even know where my connections came from, and they're connecting me to people that I don't know where those connections came from, I have got the guest on the show today is Dale Conkle. Dale is in charge of Hewlett-Packard's Enterprise Christian Fellowship. Now, this isn't something that Hewlett-Packard is sponsored, but he works for Hewlett-Packard. And they've got this this Bible study called Enterprise Christian Fellowship. And I heard about it, and I heard of how many people were involved. And I'm like, I got to have Dale on the show. I got to hear about what's going on at Hewlett-Packard. So, Dale Conkle, welcome to I Work For Him. Well, thanks. I appreciate it, Jim. So talk to me about how Christ is making a difference in your life today. Sure. Uh, Well, 
Recently, our company split. Um, it used to be Hewlett Packard Incorporated, and uh, we split off into Hewlett Packard Enterprise, and then that was the enterprise side of things. And then there was the HP Inc. side, which sells the uh, commodity computers like laptops and everything. Well, I didn't think we were going to have to split up our fellowship, which had over a thousand people. And um, to my chagrin, uh, we had to split the company because of just technicalities and so forth. And so, you know, I was trying to hold on to it too much, you know, and I didn't want to let it split. And God just has been teaching me that, you know, I've got to let things go. In fact, he reminded me of a, a quote from Corey Tin Boone. It says, hold on to everything in your hands lightly. Otherwise, it hurts when God pries your fingers open. <laughs> so, I mean, that just resonated with me, and and that's what God's been dealing with me lately about, you know. And thank God I got through that time, and I can see God's grace in it. That's it's it's incredible how you, you that's so true because it is so true. We love to hold on to things like we actually have control, and yet we really don't have control. Yeah. So, what is your occupation? You, we all know now that you work for Hewlett Packard, but what's your occupation? Well, in the last seven months, um, I took on a position as a solution architect uh, in the sales department, in a sales support capacity. And I basically tell people, you know, what kind of servers that they need to run the applications that they've selected. And I do all the infrastructure architecture for that. So, so you're not a pastor? Oh, no. Well, but you are a pastor. That's true. And I, I, <laughs> now we have people confused. So, talk to, <laughs> so just we're coming up on a break, but I wanted to just ask this question because we've tempted people now. You're not a pastor, but you are a pastor. As an image bearer of God, how does your work at HP reflect some aspect of God's work? Well, in the same way that God was the architect of this universe, you know, He created everything. Um, I feel like in my role that I, as an architect and an inventor, that, I, you know, I can create things as well. And it's to his glory, you know, that, you know, he's given me creative power to do, do that. And it is, you not when people don't, not everybody understands the IT world to recognize that enterprise, that's not the little server sitting in somebody's uh, uh, office that is, uh, you know, got 10 employees. You're talking about pretty serious firepower when it comes to computers. Yeah, I mean, we have everything from, for small businesses all the way up to huge, you know, mega companies that require Superdome computing power. You know, we're talking about thousands of cores of CPUs. So, you know, it, it ranges pretty big. When we come back, we're going to hear all about enterprise Christian Fellowship and what's what's good that well, Hewlett Packard Enterprise Christian Fellowship the Christian Fellowship that's been started at Hewlett Packard and your role in that and what God's been doing because it's an amazing story we're talking today with Dale Conkle he's with Hewlett Packard and this is this is something that God has used him to do at work which really made him a pastor but he's not really a pastor but he is so talk to me about how you got how where did this whole Christian Fellowship thing come about. Well, uh, it was many years ago. I mean, back in 2006, um, the Lord um, gave me a, a vision of a ministry in workplace 
and it was during a retreat with my church, and and God just laid this vision of workplace ministry. I didn't know what it was, and um, so I went into researching, and I and I prayed about it. I said, God, you know, if you want me to minister to people in the workplace, you've got to give me a heart of compassion for these people. And I spent, you know, several days praying about it, you know, at our prayer and fasting center at our church, asking the Lord, give me a heart for the lost and for the, the Christians in the workplace so I can minister to them effectively if you want me to do this. And so that's where it all started. And then we went on from there um, to, I started a Bible study. It was one person <laughs> and me. And we just we just did it, you know, one-on-one. And we, you know, went through the book called Utmost for His Highest. Mm-hmm. And um, that, you know, it went on for several weeks. And then we um, uh, started reaching out, trying to find other people that might be interested in the Bible study, which led to some... Uh, connections, like you talked about earlier, connections with other people and Christians, found out there was a woman's Bible study that was very uh, heavily populated. They had lots of women doing this, and they had been doing it for years. And and so that person uh, led me to a, a person in Switzerland who also had a Bible study, and he had been doing it for several years. And, you know, one thing led to the another, and uh, we were working uh, to see if we can get a fellowship started at, at the time, Electronic Data Systems, EDS. And we, we, didn't, we weren't even HP at the time, but uh, I, I actually met with uh, HR, and they said, well, certainly, you can have a uh, fellowship, and we'll call it an employee resource group, ERGs. And so they, they said, here's what you need to do. You know, fill these papers. You know, you need to get an executive sponsor. And I said, fine, that's, that's no problem. We'll, we'll do anything you want us to do. And I was, I was quite surprised. I didn't think they would allow us to be a religious employee resource group. It was kind of unheard of at the time. There was nothing like that at uh, EDS. So from there, um, I tried to find an executive sponsor. And I met with a gentleman who I'd been referred to from the women's Bible study, and his name was uh, Jeff Heller. And so Jeff invited me to come up to his executive suite in what we call the God Pod, which is in the middle of the campus. You know, it's like six stories high, you know, and they 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 kind of watch over us, you know, up there in the God Pod. And so <laughs> they, have own, they have their own lunchroom up there, I'm guessing, and their own tennis courts on the top on the roof well, and everything. Well, you'd be surprised. Um, Jeff would always come down to the cafeteria. In fact, he was the only executive that was brave enough to come down and, you know, mingle with the uh, the lowly employees. Thank God he came down. So I knew something was different about this man, you know. If he'd do that, you know, you know, maybe there is, you know, really a Christian at the top, you know. So I, I was quite intimidated, you know. I was going up there, and there's security guards as soon as you get off the elevator. And, uh, you know, they asked for credentials and said, you know, who you're meeting with. And they escorted me in to uh, Jeff's office, which was something like 30 by 30 feet uh, square, you know. And I, I felt like, you know, a little peon 
walking up to, you know, <laughs> this desk, you know, and my chair was smaller than his. And, I, you know, I was just like, oh, my God, what have I got myself into? <laughs> so um, Jeff was, you know, really, really nice to me. And, you know, he, he just asked me, you know, I understand you want to start a fellowship. And you, and I, what do you want from me? And I said, I'd like you to be my executive sponsor. And so... He said, well, tell me more about what what you're doing. I said, well, I've got a whole slide presentation I want to show you. So he walked me over to what he called, they call the Jeff Heller War Room. That's actually the title above above the door. I mean, this guy's got an executive office and a war room conference room. <laughs> so I go in there, plug in everything, and it wasn't, I was so nervous, you know, but I, I finally got it to work, went through the presentation, and then he stopped me, you know, in the middle. And he says, you know what, I've been praying about something like this that would happen someday, you know, here at this company. And then he went on to tell me that him and several other executives years before when he was president of the of the company, you know, he he was right now, he's just on the board of directors. But uh, at the time, he was the president. He and these other executives, you know, his his direct reports, would meet for a prayer breakfast every week. Wow. And they would intercede for the company. And I was shocked. I couldn't believe, you know, at the upper echelons of a company that's, you know, billions and billions of dollars a year in sales – that they would have this kind of activity going on. I'd never heard of such a thing. And I guess I kept it a secret. You know, only of the executives knew. But um, I, I was just floored, and I thought, okay, I got hope now because this guy, you know, he's on my side. And I've got, you know, and that reminded me of the scripture about you will, you know, go before kings and you will have favor with even the kings. And I thought of myself as almost like a Daniel. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, God's put me at this high level, you know, and give me this kind of uh, favor that I did not expect. Well, and not everybody listening knows about EDS. And I and, and honestly, EDS, wasn't that Ross Perot's company? That's right. That's right. So Ross Perot, who ran for the president, yeah, ran for president in the, in the 80s. He had charts and everything. Didn't get elected, but uh, ran for president. But EDS... Is a tough was a tough company to work for. I mean, they I, I interviewed with them, but they they wanted in that first several years they wanted you to move every eighteen months. They, they were going to move you, and it's a big company. I mean, how many people were at EDS when you were having this conversation with this board of director? How many people were there? It was over a hundred thousand employees, and you're right. In the very beginning with Ross Perot, I mean, you had to come to work in a suit and tie. You go to a meeting, you had to put on your suit, you know, jacket on. Um, there was like, strict, strict dress codes, and they put you through a program that took, I think it was like a year or two, called an SED program. It was, it was like a, um, it was like going to college all over again, but learning IT. So they could t- pretty much take anybody, they said, run them through this program and spit out an IT person. And it was a great program. They didn't make a Here's an image. Don't Sorry. leave the company. <laughs> well, so so you're one of a hundred thousand people, and, and which that just explains why you're so intimidated going to this boardroom. That you're like, I really want to make a difference, but I'm just one guy out of a hundred grand, 
100,000. Right. Most people listening today don't live in towns of 100,000 people. They don't even have a perspective of it. Here in Tampa Bay, we got 4 million people. We got a lot of small towns that make up. So you have this meeting with him. He says to you, boy, I've been praying for this for a long time. What happens next? So what happened next was um, he said, look, I'm, I'm just on the board of the directors. I don't think HR is going to approve me as an executive sponsor, okay, because he's not really part of the company, you know, in that structure. But he says, I know somebody who I've known for a long time who's at, at an executive level. I think he'd love to do it. And his name is Bobby Grisham. He was the sales uh, senior vice president of um, EDS at the time. Um, I didn't know, I didn't know the guy, you know, I never met him before. You know, you don't, you don't hang out with executives at my level. So he gave me, you know, set up an appointment, sent an email to him, says, Hey, we expect a call from Dale. So I set up an appointment, went over and saw Bobby at his office. Now his <laughs> office wasn't quite as intimidating as Jeff's. Okay. All right. I'm going to stop you right there. We'll leave people hanging with this, this meeting that you're going to have with Bob Grisham, who obviously is a friend now because now you're calling him Bobby. But back then you weren't calling him Bobby, I'm sure. We're talking <laughs> today. Grisham. We're talking to that's right, Mr. Grisham. Today we're talking with Dale Conkle. He's from Hewlett Packard Enterprise, and he's sharing a story of how he was able to start a Bible study that has now grown to a thousand people participating right there at HP. And we're hoping that something you'll hear from Dale Conkle, his story as Dale took on. The ivory tower. No, that's not what you call it. What did you call that, Dale, where all the executives were? They call it the God Pod. The God Pod. I mean, that just puts it as, a, as a, <laughs> I love that. I, I thought my engineer was going to end up on the floor. He was laughing so hard when you said that. Dale, as you took on the executive leadership in Hewlett-Packard, and you thought one, or excuse me, it was is EDS at the time, one of 100,000 people, and you're thinking, this is never going to happen, but God threw you into the path of a Christ follower. But he couldn't help you, so he throws you in another path of an ice, another Christ follower, a Mr. Grisham. Take the story from there. Okay. So, Bobby uh, Grisham, and then at the time, I called him Mr. Grisham. I should clarify that. But uh, I was invited to come into his office, and um, I went in there, and you know, I, I saw all the things that an executive would have, all the awards and accolades, you know, that he had received for great sales performance, and everything. I thought, man, this guy has got to be something else, you know. And so he's got a fairly medium-sized office, about twenty by twenty foot, you know, and. Uh, a little bit smaller uh, desk than Mr. Heller had, but uh, I was still a little nervous. You know, I didn't know how it was going to go. And um, I needed an executive sponsor really bad to start this Christian fellowship. So I, I just told Bobby right off the bat, I said, I need you. I need, I need somebody to sponsor this. You know, I'm not asking you to fund it, you know, and spend a lot of money on it. I just need need you to fill that position. And he said, Dale, before I do one more thing, let's pray. And so we went over to his little desk um, that he has next to his larger desk, and we just bowed our heads and prayed and asked God for guidance, you know, so he could make the right decision. And uh, I, I was floored by that. I just didn't expect executives to, to pray, you know, during business hours, you know, taking time out of their busy day to pray for somebody, you know. And uh, but he did, and uh, he asked me. Now I'm probably going to have to work with HR, you know, human resources, and find out, you know, if um, 
we cross all the T's here to get this accomplished. But Dale, I think this is something I'd, I'd like to help you with, and uh, he, he agreed to to move forward. Yeah, I, what I what I love about that is that you were shocked. Your your thoughts, many thoughts, like I've I've had myself on that. You just like I can't believe he's an executive and he's praying. Like like it's a federal crime or something like that. You can't you can't pray here. This is a workplace. But exactly. But it's that's the amazing power of God. And so God surprised you by having laid the groundwork before you even got there. That's right. And Bobby was part of that group of of uh, executives that had been part of that prayer bre- breakfast that uh, Mr. Heller was having every every week. And so. Surprisingly, I found out later that uh, Bobby had a, a reputation. In fact, he got written up in one of the company's internal sales magazines as being the the preacher, and they put him on the front cover of the magazine. And it says the preacher, and had a picture of him. And he, here he is, the sales executive in charge of all the salespeople. And they wrote an article about how he loves to minister at work. And this, this was, was the company magazine that did that? This was an internal company magazine. It got distributed to all the sales team. Wow. So his, I know. Because that, means his, that must mean that his reputation, he was a top-notch sales guy, and so people believed his faith because he was living it out real. Right. I mean, he was an awesome gentleman to know. So, so did you get it done? Obviously, you got it done. We're on the we're on the air talking about it. But right. what was next? I mean, how did Bobby help you get the Christian Fellowship started at EDS? Okay. So what what happened next was um, you know HR approved him. Of course, you know he he fit the bill. He had a budget. So you know that allowed him to be our executive sponsor. So we went from there. We had a kickoff meeting. In our, um, what we call it's it's our auditorium. You know, the company's so big, we have a 500 seat auditorium right in the middle of the campus. And so we asked Bobby, we'd really like to send an email out to the whole company introducing this new employee resource group. And he said, no problem. Let's just get HR to approve it. HR approved it. He sent an email from his email um, address. To, to everybody on the campus. And that campus, I think it was about 30,000 people on that campus in Plano, Texas alone. And so this is kind of unheard of, you know, to be able to distribute, you know, anything Christian or religious at all using the company email to a huge audience. But they allowed it. I was shocked they even allowed it. But we had the biggest response. We practically filled that whole auditorium with Christians and, I don't know, maybe some you know unsaved people that were just curious, what is this all about? And so, you know, we filled the auditorium. Bobby kicked it off and, uh, you know, just told everybody, we're starting this new employee resource group. We're real excited about it. You know, we're already in several countries around the globe. You know, we've got about 100 members right now, and, and if you're interested in joining, you know, just come on and, you know, join join this resource group. And that's how it all started, you know, just you know, really really good kickoff. So how many people signed up that day? Well, we jumped, and I have to go back and look at the numbers, but 
I'll tell you real quick. Um, we went from about 100 people to... Well, how did... I mean, if the group was brand new, how did you have 100 people in it already? So did well, you there, pull there in everybody that, that was doing were, those, yeah, those other... There were people already part of um, a list that the gentleman from Switzerland, Thomas Mater, had started. And he had about 60 people when I first met him, and then it grew to about 100, Okay. But after that um, kickoff, um, we reached a 500-member milestone, and uh, and just it looks like it was one year that we reached that 500-member milestone. So, so let's talk about what you do in your Christian fellowship there at Hewlett Packard Enterprise. What what is, what is it all about? I mean, because you know people are thinking I'm just picturing an auditorium of 500 people. That's a pretty good sized church, actually. That's a very you know that's twice the size of the average church in the United States of America. What what talk about what what is this Christian fellowship all about? What was your goal? What, what was your plan? Well, the first goal was to have a common location, like a website, that all the Christians at um, EDS at the time could come to and find out about where the Bible studies are going to be held. You know, we were just providing a resource. And so we had all the Bible studies, the prayer meetings, where they're being held, what time, um, who the members were. So if you wanted to see if there were some other Christians in your area, you could go look it up. So it was just a resource to connect Christians, but it grew from that. I mean, we actually found out that uh, Compact Computers, who had actually joined, uh, this was later on in HP, um, they had joined HP you know, and uh, got bought out by them. Well, they were doing um, prayer requests, and they had distribution lists. So that's what we did, was we just took on what they had already started down there in Houston, and we just went ahead and started doing prayer requests for our members. Anybody that wanted to be part of the prayer distribution, you put a request out or a praise report or you know an answer to prayer, and it would go to. You know, we got had at the time. I think it was about five, six hundred people just on that uh, prayer distribution list. That's some powerful team of prayer. Yeah. So. You know, I think when people are listening, they're going, okay, Jim, but why'd you bring Dale on? Because on? this is at Hewlett-Packard, and it's in Texas. What does that have to do with us today? But really why I wanted people to hear your story, we've got a lot of people here that are in their cars right now. They're getting in their cars after work, and they work at big companies, or they work for the government. And I know that there's an opportunity to do what you did at EDS, now Hewlett-Packard, that they can do in their own workplaces. And Dale's a solution architect for Hewlett-Packard Enterprise out of Texas. And he's had the amazing privilege of helping gather together a network of Christians within the Hewlett-Packard organization. It started as EDS, now it's Hewlett-Packard. Dale, as you helped start the Christian enterprise, the Christian Fellowship at Hewlett-Packard Enterprise, or EDS back then, did you have, after you had that amazing first meeting, as you had 500 people show up to just find out, what's this all about? Was that during work hours? Was that like over lunch or something? Or We uh, conducted it during lunch. In fact, all our Bible studies are during lunchtime. That's the agreement we made with our human resources department, that we keep everything you know, during non-working hours. So did you ever get any opposition? Did, did you ever really... Uh, get people to really get in your face and go, why are you doing this? I mean, did anybody ever start persecuting you because of this? Well, I mean, we had some difficulty um, at times with uh, HR. Um, we would ask 
you know, can we have the National Day of Prayer in one of the huge conference rooms that we have here on campus? You know, it seats a couple hundred people. And um, they said, no way. You know, you're just, you cannot have that room. You can put it in a smaller room or something like that. I said, well, I can't get everybody in there. But um, so we had to go off campus to have the National Day of Prayer at a, at a church nearby, you know, one of the members' churches. Well, the following year, um, because HR had denied us, uh, I said, listen, you know, we're having to go off campus. It takes a couple hours out of, you know, out of the day, you know, a lunch hour plus a half hour to get there and half hour to get back. Can you please let us do it here? Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep the people here on the campus. They're not going to miss any work. And they finally agreed. So at first I had resistance, but then the Lord gave me, you know, some wisdom about how to speak, you know, more corporate and see the benefits. They saw the benefits. What Dale's talking about is he's had the amazing privilege of of really approaching I mean, when he when he first started this approach, he to find to form a Christian fellowship there were Bible studies here and there, but nobody organizing it. And, and Dale was inspired to get this started. Now, Dale, since then, you've now connected to several companies around the world that are doing the same thing, that have Christian fellowships. Talk about some of those other companies that you guys partner with and go back and forth with. Sure. So here locally in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, there's Bell Helicopter. has uh, got a Christian fellowship, and Texas Instruments does as well. And I've connected with them through um, contacts, like, you know, there people change companies all the time. Well, one of them happens to be a TI employee who came over to HP from TI, and he told us about their Christian fellowship. So he organized a meeting uh, with their Christian fellowship so we could just kind of, um, you know, sharpen our, our metal by getting together and figure out, you know, how, how each other's doing their Christian fellowship and how we can do them better. So that's that's a nice collaborative way of doing things. You know, and there's more than just that. That's just locally. I mean, we're talking about Intel, Coca-Cola, um, J.C. Penney. I mean, just lots of companies that have Christian fellowships out there. So the purpose of the Christian fellowship, why don't you just tell people, and then I want you to tell people how they can maybe get something like this started in their own workplace. So go ahead. What, what's the purpose yeah. of the Christian Fellowship? Well, the purpose of the Christian Fellowship is, you know, first, to network Christians. Second is to minister to those Christians that are part of your fellowship. I, we use a newsletter a month, monthly to, you know, sometimes we wait a couple months. But we, we try to share some kind of Word of God that the Lord's given us for employees that is more, you know, workplace related, you know, you know, how they can be a better employee, you know, and, and they can do work for him, you know, God, God's your boss, you know, and themes like that. And we have lots of resources, you know, to pull from to do that newsletter, but also to intercede for our company. You know, that's one thing that I didn't think we'd do immediately. But uh, every year uh, before the National Day of Prayer, I always call or email uh, Meg Whitman, who is the CEO currently of HPE, and ask her, what do you want us to pray for the company? You know, and she always responds back with some kind of detailed prayer request. And so we're interceding for our company. And I think that's very important because we don't want this company to – to be shady in any way. We want to be upstanding, 
you know, moral, you know, we, we don't want to be a part of a company that's going the wrong way. And so that's why we intercede, because we care, not just for the company, but for the people in the company. Dale, I promised our listeners that you'd talk to them about, you know, Tampa Bay is a little bit different than Dallas-Fort Worth, in that we don't have a ton of big companies. We've got some big government, but not a lot of big companies, and it's not the state governments, local governments. Most of the companies here in Tampa Bay are really 50 employees or less. We have 30,000 or so small businesses in Tampa Bay. But there's government organizations, there's bigger companies out there. Tech data is here, so you know somebody in your world is is here. How can people take these bold steps? It, you know, your your whole description of when you got inspired and the Lord led you and you had to go to the God Pod where all of the executives overlooked the campus. You know, there's people here going, "I could never do that." Talk about what, how they can get this started? Well, I think it's, you know, just small steps at first. Um, the first thing to, that you need to do if you're interested in doing something like this, you've got to pray and ask God for a compassion for the people of your company. If you don't have the, the love of God for those people in you and ask for it, then you should stop right there. That's the first thing, because everything originates from the love of God. So the second step is, you know, once you're serious enough, you know, and you've prayed about it and you know God's directing you to do this, then start networking, finding the other Christians inside your company, you know, like I did. And um, just reach out, you know, and, and you can put a Bible on your desk. You can put some scriptures on the wall. I mean, just just create conversation with people and turn it from secular to sacred, uh, and start talking about God. And you might find you got a Christian right next to you. So it's 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 kind of sad that that's how you have to do it because it's not that that visible. But that's how you how you find out who those are around you. You know, you find out their spiritual condition, and then you network with them, start a small Bible study, and and just start small. And then go from there, you know, say, well, maybe now we can start praying for people and have a a time during the day where, you know, you might put a little sign up in the break room that says, um, if you want to come to our Bible study, come to this. And at, at the same time, that Bible study can turn into prayer time. And so now you're ministering. It's, so you're sharing the Word of God, and now you're ministering to people's needs. And just start out simple. So talk to me. You said before we got on the air that you had some stories to tell. I imagine there's been widespread impact because, you know, one of the statistics, and we're running out of time, but one of the statistics is now there's over a thousand members in 27 countries sharing God's word in Bible studies at Hewlett Packard locations around the world. That's that's amazing. Talk to me about some of those stories of people whose lives have been intersected by Christ because of your Bible studies. Well, one good example is what happened in Conway, Arkansas. It's a call center for uh, HP. And I was contacted by one of their members who wanted to do a a fellowship there in that location. And they uh, said, you know, well, we don't even know if we're allowed to do this. I said, well, don't worry about it. I've already figured it all out with HR. This is what you're allowed to do, so you don't have to go through all that. And they were greatly relieved. And they said, well, can we just have an email from HR saying we're allowed to do all this, like get conference rooms, you know, take time out of the day to stu- study the Word of God and pray? I said, sure. So we forwarded all that to them. They shared it with their facility manager. And within uh, one month, they had grown 
to 100 members in that one little location in Conway, and they sent me a photograph that just made me want to cry. There's 100 people in this this conference room. It was like an extended conference room where you can, you know, and they had 100 people praying with each other in small groups, and I just couldn't believe it. They they had done more in one month than I did in in years. <laughs> but it's almost like, you know, the way had been paved for them to allow them to go to this next step. They just needed somebody to encourage them to do it. Talk to me about the story when you had an opportunity to pray with a manager, pray for a manager who was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, she she was my manager. She was um, your was, manager. Okay. Yeah, and she was a uh, she was in charge of you know about a dozen people, uh, both Windows and Unix essays. And she got a real bad news. She shared with the whole team that she had been diagnosed with stage four cancer. And I, you know, I was just like, oh man, I just I need to do something. And so I, I just went over to it, and, and and I was I was risking it all. I mean, we're not even allowed to talk about our faith with each other. You know, it's in our policy that we're not allowed to talk about our faith. But I said, can I pray for you? And, and she thought I meant take the prayer and go home. And, and I I said, no, I want to pray right here in the office. And she's like, okay. So right there amongst everybody in, in the cubes near us, you know, everybody could hear us. I just I just poured out my heart to the Lord and asked for her to be healed in Jesus' name. And, you know, we didn't hear anything immediately, but it, within the next several weeks, she came back and said she was cancer-free. Stage 4 cancer to cancer-free. Near impossible. That's a great story. Well, what, what happened was... Um, we we um, heard, and I mean, our whole team heard that uh, my manager had uh, just went in and had a check, you know, like they usually check out, you know, people with cancer to see, I guess, what their levels are. And she called me personally and told me, says, um, I, I am cancer-free. The doctor told me all my levels are normal. And I mean, I just blew me away. I was I was praising God. I was glorifying. I was thanking Him. I said, "Well, you know, you know now that you you have to give God credit for this. You know, what you what are you going to do now with your life? You know." And here I'm over there just talking to her, and and she said, "Yeah, I know. I know He did it. I know that you know it was it was the power of prayer and 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 God." You know, and I said, well, good. I'm glad you know it was from him. And so that's that's where we left it, and I was just praising God the whole day long. You know. Wow, that, that's an amazing story. Dale, I want to thank you for sharing all about what God's doing at Hewlett Packard Enterprise and how God has used you, somebody that never really thought you were going to be this big leader in a big organization, but God has used you as an obedient servant to make an impact. If people want to find out more, can I connect them to you via email? Would that be okay? Yeah, that's fine. All right, so if you want to find out more and want to get connected to Dale, just give me an email. Send me an email, jim at iworkforhim.com. That's jim at iwork, the number four, him.com. Dale Conkle, thank you very much for sharing all that God is doing at Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Thanks for being on iWork for Him tonight. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, I know you were challenged today. I know you heard some things today that maybe you just never even thought about. But what did you hear today? 
to inspire you and how you can take this city for Jesus Christ. What did you learn today from Dale's story and what can inspire you to move in your workplace? What did you learn? You know, we heard Dale's story today, and it's much like the story of Gideon. You know, a man against an army of hundreds of thousands and just one guy from the, from the smallest uh, family, from the smallest tribe of Israel, and yet God called him Mighty Warrior. And that's Dale Conkle, Mighty Warrior at Hewlett-Packard Enterprise. And he's not saying that to take credit, but he just, God inspired him to love the people that he worked with, with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love the Lord God and to serve him that way. And God used Dale to unite the Christ followers across the campuses of Hewlett-Packard to make a difference, to start praying across the campus, to start praying for their company. And it's united people. It's led people to Christ. It's, it's inspired people to a deeper faith in Christ. You can do that too. There are Dales all over the world that are doing this. You can be a Dale tomorrow. Join the I Work For Him Nation tonight and start praying for your coworkers and employees. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. Yeah.